All right, welcome back to Christian Tactician Podcast. I am your host, Adam Yates. I'm grateful that you have taken an opportunity to spend a few moments with me today, and hopefully you've been listening to my previous podcasts. You found yourself encouraged and strengthened by them. I had mentioned this in a previous podcast, you know, just who I am. You know, I'm a minister in the Church of Christ Temple lot, assistant pastor in the Phoenix Local, and I've spent several years at our at our youth camp we do every year, teaching uh, what we call the man class. Uh, this particular podcast that I've been that I've been doing now is kind of an extension of that. I want to just spend some time encouraging men to stand up and to be men, to arise from the dust, to be uh, willing to take up the mantle of responsibility. You know that the Lord has given you to be a man. God chose you to be who you are and put you where you are. He knew what he was doing. He did it in wisdom. And I believe that a God who knows how to do those things, who knows how to how to place us perfectly, he knows how to help us accomplish what he set out for us to do. And so I want to, you know, I hope that you take encouragement from that. I've, I've put out several podcasts now, and I'm trying to touch uh, a whole variety of different subjects. I'm trying to build some foundational aspects, trying to open up your thoughts and your heart. I hope that you uh, contact me if you have something that you want me to address, you have a question, something that you would want for me to clarify, some topic that you want me to do a podcast on. Um, ultimately, you know, I, I'm enjoying this and I'm getting good feedback from guys who are listening to it saying, hey, this is something that I need, something that I enjoy. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if I don't have listeners, then I'm all doing it for nothing. And so if there's something that you want me to address, you know, I will research it. I will give you at least my opinion. You know, I mean, I, I haven't uh, given that caveat in all of these. I mean, clearly all of these podcasts are, are, are covered by my own personal opinion, and I'm not going to say I'm right in everything, uh, but I have, I have learned from good people. I have learned from reading scripture, and I've learned from godly men in my life, which uh, which has helped to form me into the man that I am today, which still needs work. I still need work. I'm still growing. I'm still making efforts, but I've gotten to this place in my life where I feel like it's important for me to begin to give back. My life is good. Despite all of the, the troubles and difficulties that I've gone through, my life is good. My life is blessed. I've had, uh, now I've had decades worth of successes and failures that have helped to make me into the person I am today. And I feel like it's my job now. It's my responsibility as a godly man or someone who's trying hard to be a godly man to begin to give back and to begin to encourage and strengthen. And that segues really well into what I'm going to talk about today. If you look at the title of my podcast, I, I've titled it From Danielson to Mr. Miyagi. And really what I'm talking about here today is I'm talking about being a mentor. And and I want you to think about that. This is another one of those aspects of manhood, another foundational aspect of manhood, being a mentor. A mentor is a teacher. It's kind of a father figure. And what I want to, to tell you is, is that if you are old enough to begin listening to this podcast, you are old enough to begin the process of mentorship. Because there is someone who is younger than you. There is somebody around you who you can be influential with. And my hope is is that you're looking to be a good influence, that you're looking to be a godly influence, but you have these opportunities and I want you to open your eyes and I want you to see those things. But I want to talk today about being a mentor. And one thing I want to begin by telling you is, is that you know a mentor has got to be selfless and they've got to think of themselves in the context of others. How can I give my knowledge, my understanding, my wisdom, my support, my my listening ear, my heartfelt love, all these things, how can I give that to somebody else? How can I be involved more in this person's life. They have a weakness. How can I strengthen them? A mentor is selfless and they think of themselves in the context of other people. 
Uh, mentor is driven by a desire to pass on experience and wisdom in a selfless manner. It's it's giving the gift of support, of wisdom, of experience, of advice at the right time in the right manner. A mentor should be there to be an influential character, to give influential advice and wisdom and direction at important junctures in somebody else's life. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and play a movie clip here. I mean, clearly by the title, if you haven't seen Karate Kid, I don't know, go watch it. Uh, 1984, Karate Kid. Take it or leave it. I don't know. I mean, everybody after that wanted to learn how to do the crane kick. But there's something, there's this There's this picture that you see in the movie of Karate Kid, and it's the mentorship that Mr. Miyagi gives to Danielson, his protege. Okay, And he's using the tool of karate to give mentorship into life. And so uh, what I have here is we're just going to listen to a 15 or 20 second uh, audio clip of a part of this Karate Kid where Mr. Miyagi and Daniel son are, are having a conversation here. Wait. Oh, I'm just scared. You know, the tournament and everything. Just... You remember lesson about the balance? Eh? Yeah. A lesson not just karate only. Lesson for whole life. Whole life have a balance. Everything be better. Understand? <laughs> All right. So if you if you know this movie, you know that Mr. Miragi he was a pretty smart guy, right? In the course of teaching Daniel. <laughs> In the course of teaching him how to do karate and how to be successful, he manages to get his deck sanded and his car washed. He gets his fence and his hound and his house painted, right? But but the reality was, as he was using things to be able to imp- imprint uh, lessons on the mind of the one who was being mentored, and really the greatest benefit didn't come to Mr. Miyagi; it came to Daniel as he learned how to be successful, not just in karate, but he was having things that taught him how to be successful in life. And so I, I want you to think about this. I, I You should be looking, whether you're a teenager listening to this or whether you're an old man or whatever it is, maybe you are a mentor, maybe you've been mentored. I hope that you have been mentored in your life, that you have had someone who took you under their wing, not necessarily your father, although it should be, but a father figure, someone who is uh, who has been influential in your life because of their successes physically and spiritually, because of their ability to teach, their desire to do so and all that, you know. Hopefully, as you look at yourself and you look at the context of your life and you begin to see that you're beginning to be successful in certain venues and 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 uh and endeavors in life that you begin to have this desire within you to want to give some of that knowledge and understanding and wisdom uh, that comes through successes and failures uh, back to somebody else. So how do you become the mentor? How do you become Mr. Miyagi? You know, one of the first and most obvious things is I want you to look at a mentor in your life. Hopefully you have one. And what were their qualities? My dad was a good man. He was a good mentor. He was one of many. I have other mentors, had and still have other mentors in my life who all of them together, you know, they embodied these things of what I wanted to be. I wanted to be uh, someone who was independent, someone who was willing to listen, who was willing to be led, but who was uh, strong. Um, My mentors were patient with me. My mentors seemed to uh, never get frustrated. Uh, My mentors or at least they never showed me their frustration, their frustration with me or things like that. My mentors were always willing to to drop what they were doing, um, and they still are, to drop what they're doing to address an issue, a struggle, a difficulty that I'm having. You know, these are some of these things that, that you look at in your life. How do you become 
a successful businessman. Hopefully you look at another successful businessman and you see those traits and qualities within them that you want to to also have yourself. And so looking at the traits and the qualities of a successful businessman is great, but if you can get them to talk to you about it, if you can get them to encourage you in it, if you can get them to take you under their wing and teach you, that's way better. So if we're if we want to become a mentor, a good mentor in our life, you know, first we need to be good at being mentored. And and in some ways we should be good at this to be Christian men because God is the ultimate mentor. You know, in in a in a very um in a very general way and in a very specific way. You know, that specific way, you know, God mentors us through his Holy Spirit. He does speak to us and encourage us and listen to us. And sometimes it's not through an audible voice, sometimes it's through nudging us to open your scripture and look here or through the words of somebody else that he touches your mind and says this is important and something that you should think about. You know, God is the is the ultimate uh, mentor through his spirit and also through his written word. The written word gives us the directions and guidance for life. And you know, the Bible and the Book of Mormon are not just full of successes. They're full of failures too. And one of these aspects of being a mentor is sharing your victories and your defeats. And that's that's written out in scripture um, where, where men in their spiritual walk have been victorious and have been defeated and they're all there so that we can learn by it. But recognize that if you're going to be a mentor, if you're going to be a teacher, if you're going to be able to, to, to take up the mantle of responsibility to give something back, you first have to be a good learner and a good follower. And, and that takes humility on our part, right? It takes us recognizing our own weaknesses, our own failures. If you haven't spent time in your life to examine where you need work, then you have not examined yourself as a man ought to. Whether it's where you need work as a friend, where you need work in a relationship with your wife, if you uh, uh, look at yourself as an employee, whatever it is, you know, for me, uh, when I was a police officer, I tried to, you know, I had I had a good mentor. I had several of them, but I had a really good mentor and one supervisor that I had who he was really good at when, you know, when it came time to do my evaluations, he didn't just check the boxes. We had a long conversation. He asked me things about like, where do you see yourself going? What do you want to do? Give me your plan here. And then he would say, how do you intend to get there? Where are you weak at? And then not only would he listen to what I'd say, but then he would also give me where he thought I should improve. And he would give me direction for how he can, you know, he would set me up and he would do those those things. But, you know, it, it took humility on my part. I had to look at myself and say, where do I lack? Where am I Where am I weak? Where am I struggling? You need to look at yourself in your life and see, okay, where do I lack at? So right now I've, I'm delving into this new business venture and it's in doing custom cabinetry and I'm really enjoying it. And I've been very fortunate that some of my previous friends in, a, in my previous job set me up with this guy here uh, who's who's kind of taken me under his wing and is helping me in this. And, you know, we joke about it all the time that he's Mr. Miyagi and I'm Daniel's son. And I'm here to tell you that what he's done is he began showing me little tricks of the trade and stuff like that. But, but you know, I could have gone into my relationship with this guy, into this business venture with this guy, feeling like and acting like, well, you know, because I've built a couple things in my life, because I've, I've been somewhat successful in some of these uh, projects that I've built for clients and stuff like that, well, I don't need to learn anything from you. But the reality is, is it doesn't take me very much time at all to watch how he works and how quickly and how and how smooth he does things and how well he's able to build something and all that for me to recognize that I just don't got what he's got. But what's cool is, is he's totally willing to give it. He's willing to share that that wisdom. He's willing to share that experience and all that. And, you know, and just yesterday I was over, we were doing some work and he was doing, he was just really cool, you know, letting me, he shows me, he lets me do it, allows me to make a couple mistakes, gives me some gentle courage. 
correction till I get to the place where I'm able to do it all by myself. Uh, phenomenal mentoring, but you know, it took humility on my part. I had to walk in there and say, I just don't know how to do this, and I would really like for you to show me. We need to recognize where we are lacking. Look around to those men who are successful, who are fun, who are productive. Be willing to put yourself out and ask them. You know, if you want to be a better mechanic, find a good successful mechanic who who has some qualities of teaching and and of openness and who, you know, who who are friendly and all that sort of stuff. Talk to them. If you want to do better in your spiritual life, look to someone around you who who is successful and who has a desire to teach and all that. One thing that I've noticed is is uh, most men, most men who are accomplished in just about anything, they want an opportunity to share that with someone else. Now, sometimes it's for their own pride, right? Sometimes it's because they want to tell everybody how good they are and all that. Uh, but sometimes you find these men who who they really want to share how they've been able to be successful for nothing else but so that you can be successful. And a lot of times all it takes is just you asking them. You know, I've, I've found in my life that if I don't do well at something or if I need some help with something, that, that so often the only reason that I fail is simply because I'm not willing to ask those around me. So I, I just want you to think about that. One of these things that if you're going to be be a good mentor, I said you have to be good at being mentored, okay, being taught, being led. You have to be good at following. You know, there's this uh, there's this really cool lesson that is taught in the uh, in the very classic and wisdom filled movie of Cars, and and we're gonna go ahead and listen to this uh, to this quick little excerpt here in a second. But I'll just set it up that you know here you got Lightning McQueen, who's this hotshot uh, car racer, right, race car, and he's just tearing up the uh, the racing circuit, and he ends up getting stuck in this little town off of Route 66, and and he can't leave because he destroyed some stuff and all. Anyhow, and he's out. He needs to. He needs to practice. He needs to to stay in shape. And so he goes out, and all they have is a dirt track there, right? And so he's trying to race around this dirt track. And every time he hits a corner on this dirt track, he slides off of it. And so the old wise Doc, right, the old race car, who who turns out that he had been uh, he had been a champion uh, racer back in the dirt track days and all that. He sees Lightning McQueen out there at the dirt track, and he and he's going to teach him. He's going to take a moment to offer some bit of advice to Lightning McQueen, who eventually would become uh, mentored by him. But let's listen to that real quick. This ain't asphalt, son. This is dirt. Oh, great. What do you want? You here to gloat? You don't have three-wheel brakes, so you've got to pitch it hard, break it loose, and, and just drive it with a throttle. Give it too much, you'll be out of the dirt and into the tulips. So you're a judge, a doctor, and a racing expert. I'll put it simple. If you're going hard enough left you'll find yourself turning right. Oh, right. That makes perfect sense. Turn right to go left. Yes! Thank you! Or should I say no thank you? Because in opposite world, maybe that really means thank you. Crazy grandpa car. What an idiot. <laughs> Turn right to go left. Hey, you know what? This crazy thing happened. I went right. You keep talking to yourself. People think you're crazy. Thanks for the tip. Uh, what? I wasn't talking to you. 
All right, so as you listen to that, we learn that on a dirt track, if you want to go left, you have to turn right first uh, to, uh, to drift around it. Now, Lightning McQueen didn't care for that particular bit of advice because sometimes learning to follow means that you have to trust the directions that are given, and it may not always seem like it makes the most sense at the time, um, or it might go against what makes us comfortable or things like that. But you know, one of those things is, is that, you know, we, if we're going to be, to be good at uh, learning, that means we need to, to be able to trust the direction that's given. And that, and that goes to that mentor in your life and the way that they're trying to encourage you and strengthen you. And that also goes to your spiritual walk. The things that the Lord tells us that he asks us to do in a lot of these podcasts, I've talked about how to overcome the manly or the, the, the human desires and feelings and things like that. You know, the, the scripture is full of that, talking about how to control ourselves, And it's possible, but we just need to be willing to listen, to pay attention to the advice and the direction that's given through scripture, be willing to try it. Here, you know, you got Lightning McQueen, you know, Doc is there, you know, he's, he's telling him how to accomplish this task on this dirt track, but Lightning Queen, I'm not going to. You're stupid. That doesn't make sense to me, even though clearly you are older and probably more experienced. So I want you to think about that, that, you know, part of being a good mentor means that you have to be able to be mentored and to be uh, uh, mentored well means that you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to follow direction that's given to consider what is what is brought to you and what is shared with you. You know, and a lot of that's going to depend on the quality of that person person who's mentoring you, which is why, you know, we'll talk a little bit later in this about choosing a mentor, but, you know, we should be looking at men who who embody uh, those attributes that we see build success and stability and, uh, and guys who are looking uh, outward and not inward and those things. So what else do we need to do? You know, we have to be a good learner. We have to, we have to watch with our eyes open right? We have to look to understand. We have to pay attention to what's being told us, and we need to be willing to ask questions to gain better understanding. And I got a scripture to go with this, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, James says, you need to be quick to listen, hear, have your eyes open, pay attention, listen, slow to speak, spend more time trying to t- trying to soak something in. If you want to learn, you know, uh, go and watch an old guy, an old craftsman build something. And don't say a word, just watch what he does. You'll 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 gain all sorts of insight how to do something quickly, most efficiently, most accurately. You know, I watch sometimes, I'll watch these videos online about how to build certain things. I was watching one the other day about this guy building custom cabinets and all that. And I just watched with what, as he laid out his design and as he laid out how he did it, it all just made so much sense. But when he started, I wanted to question. I, if I could have paused and I could have talked to him, I would say, why did you do that? But if I would have just, you know, but, but what I did is I just stopped and I watched. And as I watched the video and he went through his process, it all kind of laid in order and it made total sense. You know, we need to be willing to to uh, listen to listen to God to listen to those mentors around us with our eyes open and and our ears open be slow to speak um, because there's wisdom and there's direction to to be given there and we need to be willing to to uh, to give the opportunity for it to be delivered to us you know it's again it's about recognizing where we are weak it's about rec- recognizing where we are lacking and and if you don't know how to do something you're never going to learn how to do it by by flapping your gums the whole time. There's a there's a mentor in my life who has made this statement to me uh, for many many years. 
He had talked about how when he was a, a young man, but he was starting to really become uh, opening uh, his understanding and his desire for following God and in the gospel, you know, he, he come to this realization that if I want to see the sick healed, I have to go and see the sick. And that's one of those things that, you know, if you want to become better, uh, more able to accomplish things, if you want to grow in your life, if you want to, uh, to become a better mechanic, if you want to become a better carpenter, if you want to, to accomplish some of these things, well, then you better go where there's a mechanic. You better go and and get splinters in your hand doing some carpentry. You're never going to see the sick healed if you're never around the sick. Uh, you're never going to gain understanding and wisdom if you're not willing to go and be involved in those things that you need to be gaining wisdom and direction in. Now, what do I mean by that? Nobody's kicking down your door saying, hey, I'd like you to come and learn this particular skill, or I'd like you to be able to you know, learn how to be a better husband or a better father or any of those things, right? You need to be looking. Part of, part of being a man, and part of uh, taking responsibility for your life is like I talked about is, is taking a, the time to examine yourself. What do I want? Where do I want to go? How do I lack? How do I get there? And then who can help me get to that place? Seek out a mentor. You know, I, I have written here that if you want to be wise, you surround yourself with wise men. You know, there's a proverb, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says that. When you when you surround yourself with wise people, you're going to be wise. You surround yourself with a company of fools, with a bunch of idiots, guess what you're going to be? You're going to be an idiot. That's just, just the reality of it. And so, you know, when you're young, you're almost always, if you're looking for wisdom, it's not typically going to be with those of your same age group. It's not typically going to be with your peers. They don't have the experience. They don't have the experience. You know, experience is one of those things that's so essential to becoming a mentor, and it's a good, it's an important part of life. Experience isn't always, though, doing things well, or it's not always victories, right? Experience comes in the form of failures, and, and, the, and the best learning experiences I've ever had is when I've made a mistake. Things go well, and a lot of times you begin to, uh, you know, you don't really examine how it went well. Right, so I think about it in terms of as a police officer when I was on the SWAT team, we we did operations all the time, and when we got done with these operations, we would always have a debriefing. We would talk about it, and you know, if everything went smooth, our debrief was about a minute. All right, hey, listen, uh, you guys, you guys did this. Hey, that went really well, and we did this. Yeah, that went really well. Hey, guys, it went really well. All right, we're out of here. Nobody gained anything from it. Even though there might have been some things that we could have improved on, but nobody gained anything. But when we went and we and we just messed up, things didn't go well. There were wrinkles that showed up. All of a sudden, there was a, a, a left turn that showed up in the middle of what we were trying to do. And afterwards, we had to sit and look back at, okay, where do we make our mistakes? How can we get better? All right, that made us better the next time. Don't underestimate the importance of failures. Uh, don't underestimate the importance of failures as a mentor and as someone who is being mentored. Failures are inevitable. It's a part of life. We're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna have we're gonna have defeats, and we're gonna have victories. When we have defeats, take the time to sit and figure out how it happened. How did I fail here, and for what reason? Ask someone around you. As you begin to to talk to these older men, uh, these experienced men, if you if you have someone who is a good mentor. They are going to spend a good portion of their teaching telling you about how they learned a lesson from a mistake. So I, you know, yesterday as I was as I was working with this guy, you know, and he's helping to show me little things here and there. He never showed me uh, how to do something, how a little trick of the trade by saying, oh, "I just thought that this would be a better way to do it," and it and it turned out it was. Every one of those teaching moments always came because oh, I made this mistake, and then I realized that this was a better way to do it. Right? We we look at mistakes for their negative aspect. And granted, you know, mistakes are negative, but it all depends on what we do with it. I know I can grow from a failure. 
I rarely grow from a victory. So uh, that's just something that I want you guys to think about. But I had made this, and I kind of went on a left turn right there, but I mentioned that if you want to be wise, surround yourself with wise men. And when you're a young man, if you're a teenager in your early 20s, um, or even older than that, though, you should be looking to these older, more successful, uh, spiritually successful, physically successful, successful in jobs, successful in marriage, successful as a parent and all that. You should be looking to them to, to gain insight, wisdom, and direction from their successes and failures. Those are who it should be. If we surround ourselves, uh, you know, as a teenager, I never got good advice from the guys who were my same age. Okay, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I remember this one time I had I had just gotten a credit card, right? 18 years old, I had just gotten a credit card, the first one. And here I got this credit card. And so what did I do? I went to my friend and I said, hey, I got free money. I got this credit card with free money. I can spend all of this money. And the only thing I have to do is pay back $10 a month. And what did my friend say to me? Sweet, let's go to the mall. And uh, that $250 credit limit credit card, by the time I finished learning my lesson through experience, which I can share to any one of you guys now uh, of how to be responsible with money. That $250 credit card, when I finished paying it off, it cost me five grand. Phenomenal learning experience for me. But my age group, my uh, my peer group, right, those guys of that same age, they didn't have the wisdom to lend me. We should be looking for wisdom. We should be looking for guidance and direction from those who are successful and spiritually successful and physically successful. And most often, it's going to be older than yourself. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a mentor to people of your same age group either. Once you've had a certain level of successes and uh, and you've you've accomplished certain things in your life. So something for you to think about. Um, I'm going to continue moving on here. How do we choose a good mentor? We should be always looking at people's qualities. So these one of these things that I, I want to look for is, or I want you to look at is I want you to look at you know, are there those men around you who they already are looking for opportunities to encourage you? You know, I realize that that sometimes there are people who take an interest in your life who maybe you don't have the same the same goals, the same likes, or things like that. But you know, if you have if you have someone who is taking interest in your life, you have a a a, a man at church who comes to you and he's consistently coming up and he's shaking your hand. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, how's life going? All of those things. Understand that he's he he wants to to encourage you. He's looking for an opportunity to mentor and he has something to offer. He has something to offer. Mentors, if you want to be a good mentor, you know, you should be looking for the opportunity to encourage, to influence, to to be a, a part of somebody else's life. I, I want to read a scripture here. I want to read in the book of Acts in the eighth chapter. And this is about Philip and the eunuch. So Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. This is talking about Philip. It says, he arose and went. The Lord had told him to go someplace. Maybe I should have put in verse 26. But anyway, the Lord had told him to go someplace. And it says, Philip, he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading the uh, Isaiah the prophet, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I, except some man should come? 
come and guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. So this is one of those things that, you know, uh, as a mentor, we should be looking for opportunity. Uh, I believe firmly that the Lord can direct us when to have certain conversations and when not to. And so for me, as a man who is now in this place in my life where I want to begin to share experience um, and I want to begin to share um, wisdom and things like that, one of those things is I need to be asking and listening to the Lord. That there, is there a time when it would be beneficial for me to say something or is there a time when it would be beneficial for me to be quiet? But we need to be looking for opportunity. If you look around, you see there's opportunity so oftentimes around us where people who who, who could just use a little word of encouragement or direction or, or some, uh, some understanding of how to do something better. You know, we see this example here that Philip was willing to be led by the Lord and, and he was in that right time when that opportunity presented itself for someone to be given some teaching, right? Here, this man, this eunuch, he was a guy who was in charge of all of the financial aspects of the queen of Ethiopia. He's trying to gain some understanding in his spiritual life, but he just wasn't getting it. And fortunately, Philip had, had opened himself to the Lord to be at that right place in that right time. And what, what did this man say? You know, Philip says, hey, are you understanding what you're reading here? And this man says, how can I understand this? I really need someone to help me in my understanding. Now, that's something that I want you guys to think about when it comes to the scriptures. I spent a, in a previous podcast, I talked about, you know, this, this instruction manual that is the scriptures and how sometimes it's not easy to understand. But this is one of those things that, you know, if you want to gain in your understanding of God and the way he works, there is a way to go about that. He gives us a manual and he gives us an instruction booklet of under that we can understand the way that he works and moves and his expectations for us. But there are times when we read the scriptures when they're not quite as understandable. They're not as easy to our understanding. Go to your mentor. Find someone who's able to help you understand what it is that God is, is expecting of you. you know, there's no reason for us to suffer in ignorance. You know, There was no reason for this man to suffer in ignorance because right in front of him was a man of God who was willing to help him understand what God had written for for this eunuch's edification for him to grow from. You know, one of those things is 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 that Paul in his writing to Timothy, he's talking to him about how to be a minister and he says you need to be ready in season and out of season. Okay, what does that mean? You're ready when it's convenient and when it isn't. Being a mentor means that sometimes we're going to have to forego other things in our life. Remember the beginning of this when I talked about a mentor being selfless? Selfless means that I'm not the one who matters the most. And we've talked a lot about that in terms of being a man, that it's about putting other people in front of us. And being a mentor, this is one of those prime examples of it, is that we need to be ready at a moment's notice to give that direction, wisdom, guidance, that hearing ear, that support, that strength. Paul says that we need to be ready. We need to be instant in season and out of season. When it's convenient and when it isn't convenient, that's what a good mentor does. And understand that we can miss opportunities if we're not willing to let ourselves sometimes be put at a little bit of an imposition, to be inconvenienced a little bit. But the benefits that come from the successes of those around us, they far outweigh us missing a meal or missing a little bit of sleep or any of those things. So think about that. You know, one of these things that I find is style, right? If I'm looking for a mentor and I and I have to look at this with myself is, is that there's a style that has to be involved, right? And what do I mean by that? It's how we mentor, really. I have found that address things, if I have to address something in order to make a change, to try to encourage someone to make a change in their life, it's always better if I pose it as a question or in a way that they can make the connection themselves. So for instance, you know, as I've as I've been been doing some of this different style of woodworking that I had been, I found that, that my mentor does this as he's he's doing his work, but he's also paying attention to me. And when I make a mistake and I'm sitting there scratching my head about it, he'll say, Well you want to talk about it? He'll say, What do you think went wrong there? He knows what went wrong. He knows why I failed, 
but he wants me to come to the conclusion, all right, now you need to stop for a second and see that you tried to shove this in there where it shouldn't have been. This isn't fitted quite right. You're a, you know, you're an eighth of an inch too long here or whatever it is. He's trying to, his style is, is that he wants me to come to that conclusion and then he's going to reinforce the conclusion that I come to, or I guess if I'm not getting it, then he's going to help me through it. But that's one of those things that, that I want you to think about is, um, and I've got a quote later on in here uh, about what it is, uh, uh, about kind of the style of mentoring, but you know, um, just telling someone typically isn't what is necessary for teaching them, right? It's helping them to draw those conclusions themselves, right? We need to do that, uh, you know, as ministry when it comes to how we minister to people. You know, I can tell you what God says, but what I hope to do is I hope to, to have you draw those comparisons and you come to those conclusions yourself. And so how do I do that? For me, I find the best way to do that is to pose a question. You know, what do you think the Lord has to say about this? Or can you tell me why that's the best answer? To get somebody to to um, to come to draw those conclusions themselves. I've probably said enough about that. I probably haven't said it well enough. But maybe it's something that as you listen, you can you can begin to let uh, work in your mind. It's one of these other aspects that we that if I want to be a good mentor, I have to be. All right, I have to have a handle on. And also, if I'm looking for a mentor, I want to find somebody who has this attribute, it's humility. And I already talked about that earlier, but I want to just say this, is that no one is interested in hearing how awesome somebody else thinks they are. I just don't care how awesome you think you are. In fact, you might be the most experienced, best at whatever it is that you're doing, you know. Uh, no one wants to hear how awesome somebody else thinks they are. And, and we need to challenge ourselves. You know, if you want to be a good mentor, I want you to challenge you to consider whether you're being confident or whether you're being cocky. I, I remember that when I first started my police career and I was in field training. It was my second phase of field training and my field training officer, he told me, he says, listen, Adam, he says, I'm going to give you some advice. It's going to take you places. He says, you are good at this job already. He says, but I'm going to tell you that you are confident to the point of cocky and cockiness will never get you anywhere. Okay. You need to be confident, but not to be arrogant. And so how do we do that? You know, it becomes by how it, it, it starts with how we think. Do you think about how your accomplishments have come? If you give credit to yourself, I'm going to tell you that you're probably cocky. You're not humble. If you give credit to your superior intellect or skill, or anything like that, you're probably cocky. Um, but if you are, if you are looking at at your accomplishments um, based on how somebody else brought you to that point, whether it's God or some mentor or things like that, you're probably a little bit more humble. There's some phrases that that help, right? Because a whole lot of people get turned off. They're gonna get turned off when you when you come at teaching from a cocky manner, from a, from a prideful manner. But I I, I I think that one of the better ways to do it is is when you're teaching. You know, no matter what it is, is that you begin to, to learn how to phrase things the best. I've learned over time to do it this way. I've seen where I've failed because of this, and I've learned over time to do it this way. You know, that shows a humility, and that and that encourages someone to want to learn from you. And so I want you to think about that, about this aspect of if I want to be a good mentor, I need to be humble. And that and that comes in how I present myself and, and in my own inward thoughts of myself and how I present the information, the, the wisdom, the guidance. You know, how can I do it in a way to, uh, that isn't a turnoff. And if I'm looking for a mentor, I'm looking for someone who does those same things, right? I have here that uh, to be a good mentor or a quality that I look for in a, in a mentor is someone who is patient. Uh, mentoring is literally, uh, it's, it's, 
teaching, right? And and if we're looking at mentors to help us be a better man, we're literally teaching how to be a man and passing the torch. And why does patience come in there? Because it's a process. It's not a one-time event. We're not talking about a sprint here like so often we we hear about, you know, life is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, you know, teaching someone to be a godly man, it's a marathon. It's not a one-time event. And, you know, I look at some of those guys in my life who they are the epitome of men and they've accomplished so much. But, you know, even some of these guys, you know, they're in their late 80s and they're men who have accomplished so much. And even for them, the the goal of becoming a godly man, a godly man, is still ongoing. It hasn't stopped. And and so, you know, when you're teaching somebody, you need to understand that it's a process. You know, right now I'm spending more time helping helping homeschool my kids. And, you know, I, I, I love being around my kids. I'm here to tell you there's nothing that makes you want to rip your hair out anymore if I had hair that makes you want to rip your hair out more than, than teaching a kid to read. Because it's like, oh, my goodness. How many times do we have to sound out that a T and a R says tur over and over again? And you just want to, like, scream and be like, it says truck. It takes patience. It's a process process not just an event. It takes time and patience. And and on your part as a mentor, it takes dedication. I'm not going to just give up because all of a sudden they don't get it right off the bat. You know, we we need to fight these these uh, humanistic tendencies that that if someone doesn't accomplish or they don't live up to what our expectation is, that we just decide that we're going to throw up our hands and walk away because it takes time. And if we're talking about building men, we need to understand that a lot of times it is it is the the process of one step forward and two steps back. The realities of humanity are is that we're going to make mistakes. And so as a mentor, when you see that person who you're working with and trying to encourage have a victory and then some failures, be patient, be dedicated, find a way to help them work through and, and find the lesson and and how they can uh, benefit from their failures. But don't give up. We want to give up. Um, it, it gets frustrating, but you know, a, a real mentor takes patience and dedication. And you know, Christ is that. Think of how often you fail, even though the instruction manual is right there before you. You can go to church as, you know, all the time, and you can listen to sermons, and you can read things and all that that's going to help you and try to direct you into being a successful Christian, and yet we still fail, and yet we recognize and we love the fact, and we love Christ. One reason why we love Christ is is, is we are convinced that He doesn't just give up on us. He's the example of patience, and we have to be that same thing, you know, be that patient, that patient, understanding mentor. I, uh, As a mentor, if I wanted to be able to to give something to, to someone else, I have to to have some successes in my own life. I have to have something that is worth offering. You know, as a mentor, you should be you should be spiritually successful. You should be successful in some aspects of your life or in business. That doesn't mean that everything in your life is perfectly together. But you know, if you're listening to this, my hope is that you're desiring or you're trying to become well-rounded as a man. So I want you to look at your life and work your life in a way that you have something worth offering. Work on your life so that you have something worth offering. Work so that you're successful in business, so that you can uh, give that success to your sons or to the young men who are around you. Work in your marriage so that you have a good and successful and satisfying marriage, so that you can give the direction and the guidance to someone else. Uh, Work in your life so that you have successes. We should always be looking for success. And if we're not successful, we really don't have anything to offer, right? And if you find yourself that you have more that, that you're not successful in your life, you're not successful spiritually, you're struggling in business, your marriage is a failure. That doesn't mean give up and wallow in it. That means go find a mentor. Go find a mentor. First and foremost, Jesus Christ. And then also find another mentor, a successful spiritual man who's got it together, who's willing to help you through life, right? If you're not successful, 
work to be, but have something in your life worth offering. If you want to be a good mentor, or if you're looking for someone who would be a good mentor for you, we need to be looking for someone who is not just willing, but who is able to teach. Uh, A mentor is invested in trying to find the most effective ways to mentor. Okay. If I'm trying to teach people and I have to do this as a minister, you know, I have to look at who my crowd is going to be. I'm going to speak a little bit differently. I'm going to try to find different examples and different ways to explain things. If I'm going to talk to a group of kids, then if I'm going to talk to a group of adults. But I'm also going to look to see that person who I'm trying to give wisdom and direction and encouragement to, what's the best way that I can reach them with this? There are some guys in my life who who I feel like I have a friendship and a mentoring relationship with who they don't understand the scriptures the way that I do. So if I'm going to talk to them about some scriptural concept, I'm going to have to find a way to, to explain it to them so that when they walk away from me, it's not more muddy in their mind than it was when I started talking. And, and one of those things is about an ability to teach is about looking and, and examining. If I'm if I'm teaching a class or I'm trying to give some direction to somebody or it's like I found myself with my sons doing this when I'm trying to teach them something. I'm teaching them about shooting or something like that, you know, and I'm trying to talk to them about, about how to squeeze the trigger instead of jerking it while I'm keeping the sights aligned or things like that. I have to ask myself this question and then, and then the question, okay, are you understanding what I'm saying? I have to examine myself. Are they getting it? And if they're not, Okay, a good mentor is going to find a different way to explain it, okay, a different way to help them understand. And I found that with my children, they all don't understand me the same way. And so what's my job as a father, what's my job as a mentor to them is to find the way that they can learn from me and from my experience and from my wisdom and from my failures, all those things. How can they learn from me better, right? Being a mentor is about looking at how to improve yourself for other people. I want to, I want you to, to consider this, is that a mentor finds ways to empower other people, to give them the skills and to help them know that they are able to accomplish something. And so I want to tell you a real quick story. Is years and years ago, um, I was probably 20 years old, maybe 21. I was just starting to get my life together, although I was still struggling with things and I probably wasn't exactly the person that I needed to be. But I have a mentor in my life. His name is Bob Hedrick. And uh, he was the pastor of our local at that time. And I was trying to get my life together. I was doing this one step forward and two steps back thing. You know, and Bob has always been involved in my life and has been a phenomenal mentor to me. And Bob, if you're listening to this, I, I can't tell you how much I love you for the efforts that you made in my life. I can't tell you how important this was to me. So here I was in my life trying to get it in order. And I was praying and I was praying to the Lord because I wanted to I wanted to, to get my life in order and I wanted to be more involved. And so I began to ask the Lord, what can I do? And, you know, we hadn't had a youth group going for many years. And, you know, the Lord put in my mind, we need a youth group going. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I've got nothing to offer. I'm trying to get my life together. I, I just don't know. But, you know, I just felt like, well, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. So I went to my mentor, the 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 pastor of the Phoenix local, and, and I said, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. Listen, you know, I was praying about how I can be more involved, and and the Lord put on my heart that maybe maybe I should try to start our youth group again. And and I and I laid that uh, that that thing out before my mentor, and then I braced myself because he didn't need to tell me where I was failing. I already knew it, and I knew all the reasons why I shouldn't be involved in this process, uh, why I shouldn't be involved in this uh, in this endeavor with the youth group. But much to my surprise is he told me, he says, absolutely, take it and run. Let me know how I can help you. And so what he did is he, he allowed me the ability to have responsibility, and he held my hand, and he watched me, 
And he was there when I had struggles and failures. But you know, uh, a good mentor finds ways to give responsibility, to be there when that responsibility might cause some troubles or you might have some failures. You know, I had some bumps in the road where Bob needed to tell me, hey, listen, we need to consider this. But he empowered me. He gave me uh, uh, the ability to 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 gain the experience there, and I think about that. You know, what's a small way that I that I'm trying to do that right now with my with my sons? I'll let them drive my truck. I'll let them drive my Jeep. You know, they learn how to drive a stick shift and all that. You know, I'm going to give them that responsibility. I'm going to give them an opportunity because they're not going to ever learn how to drive if I don't give them the opportunity to get behind the steering wheel every once in a while. And now I don't let them drive without me, but I certainly am going to sit in the passenger seat and let them feel what it's like to run a clutch and change gear and have to steer around things and all that. I'm looking for a mentor who is willing to to give me ways to uh, practice and to be involved. And as a mentor, I need to be looking to do those same things with those who, who are involved in my life. You know, the best teaching, the best mentoring, it comes from involving. Mistakes uh, should be patient teaching moments. So Benjamin Franklin says, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I may remember. Involve me and I learn. And so I've, I found that I've tried to do that with my boys is because I've realized the best teaching or mentoring comes from involving them rather than them just seeing. Seeing is an important part of mentoring, but at some point I've got to let them try. And and it's a lot of times it's better than lecturing. You know, lecturing or telling them how to do it has to be portion of involvement and then handing over the reins. And so what's one way I've done this? You know, a lot of times when I'm hunting, we'll go out with my sons, with my two oldest sons, and we'll walk a couple canyons, some mountains, something like that. And I'm trying to talk to them the whole time. I want you to pay attention to where we're going and where the truck is at. And then when it's time for us to walk back, I'm going to let one of them take us back. All right, which way do you think the truck is? And they'll point. And a lot of times, you know, they're getting better, but a lot of times they point the wrong direction and say, okay, take us there. Now it's important that you know how to get back to the truck, right? <laughs> so you don't end up inevitably lost. But you know, it was good for them because what, what I found was is that inevitably early on, they had some failures, right? We went the wrong way and then we had to turn around and walk back through through cactuses or, or brush or things like that and it's hot out and all that. But one of those things that I found is, is I give them the opportunity, number one, when I handed them the range and said, I want you to take us back. It's like they puffed out their chest a little bit. They've had, Dad's given me some responsibility. Same thing when I hand them the keys to my Jeep, right? They puff their chest out a little bit. And, and they begin to pay attention a little bit more. And yeah, we failed a couple times. We had some long walks in the wrong direction for a while. But you know, those failures were good because then I had an opportunity to talk to them about, let's find some landmarks that will help us to know where we're at and how to get back to where we're coming from. And I begin involving them. And next thing I know, they begin to learn how to do it. And they're, and they're taking up uh, and they're having success. And, and that's a, and that's a, a, a mentoring win that I've been able to have. One of these things I really want to talk about here is I want to talk to you about how important it is to be a good mentor, that you share successes in life, but you especially share your failures. You know, I talked about it earlier that our failures are really where we've had the most learning. It's it's when you fail that you really, if you, if you are any sort of a man at all, you look at why you failed and how to overcome that. And one of those things sometimes we don't want to tell people is we don't want to, we don't want to show the weakness that we've had uh, that comes through failure. But the reality is, is that failure is how we learn. And sharing those failures is important so that other people can see several things. You know, if I'm if I'm telling my my sons or those around me where I've failed, number one, I'm helping them to realize that, you know, they my my sons, I know this, my children, they look at me like I'm Superman. They have looked at me like I'm Superman, right? I've accomplished everything. I'm the biggest, I'm the strongest. My dad can do anything. My dad can beat up your dad, all that sort of stuff, right? In their mind, all right, but they have a they have a unrealistic uh, 
viewpoint of me. The reality is, is that I'm a human that fails. And but where do I have the win there? Is that you know when I share my failures with my sons, and when I share those failures with others, they can look and they can see that oh man, he's not perfect, but he still has a life that's doing pretty well. And so I'm really giving them the gift of understanding that a failure isn't the end. We we need to be willing to share these things, and we share our failures because uh, it helps them to see that we can that we can still do well when we fail. It helps them to see that if they're failing, that doesn't mean that if they've made a mistake or thing like that doesn't mean that it that that it's it's hopeless. We're lost. You know, these are important things that we have to do. Share your failures. Failures are important. Failures are are important. We see and we bond with people because when they're willing to share where they made mistakes, uh, it brings brings a bonding moment there and it draws you closer. You know, Paul did that. We look in scripture and we see that that Paul was talking to Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Christ Jesus might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, one of the things that Paul says is he says, you know, I'm where I'm at right now because Christ was willing to be merciful. He was willing to reach out to me when I was was a blasphemer, when I was a persecutor, when I was uh, against the Christians and all those things. You know, uh, Paul spent some time talking to Timothy about where he made mistakes, and then he drew it back to Christ and how Christ helped him through all of those difficulties and mistakes. You know, we cannot be afraid to share our failures because those are important. They're important. So I want to continue on here. An essential part of being a mentor is to be an encourager, to literally cheer people on. Find something positive to encourage, even if that person who you are trying to to mentor that person has failed. Find a positive and encourage them in it. Paul gives encouragement to Timothy about how to accomplish tasks in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 to 16 and I'm not going to read that. We we need to be giving encouragement to those to those people who are around us, to those mentor or to those men uh, those being mentored by us. You know, encourage them, especially when they fail. Find some way to encourage them. Find some way to call them up higher. Be positive with them. A good mentor is one who encourages, who's a cheerleader, not someone who just beats them down. And we can give good advice and we can point out somebody's failures and we can do it in a positive way. And what you're left with is a positive experience rather than a negative one. And it builds a bond and it helps that mentor and mentee relationship. And so I want you to think about that. We need to be cheering for those around us. We need to be encouraging them, calling them up higher. If they're not doing well, find some Something they are doing well and tell them that. Find something they're doing good at and tell them about it and then call them up higher. You know, a good mentor does this. You know, in, in uh, the Book of Mormon, in the in the Book of Moroni, chapter 9, verse 6, you know, this man Mormon, he's encouraging his son to persevere through difficulty and trial. And he says this, And now, my son, notwithstanding their hardness, let us labor diligently. For if we should cease to labor, we should be brought under condemnation. For we have a labor to perform whilst in this tabernacle of clay, that we may conquer the enemy of all righteousness and rest our souls in the kingdom of God. You know, in the situation here, which you, which you, uh, if you read the Book of Mormon, you know that, that there's, this is where things are absolutely falling apart. The people of God had begun to turn from God. And because they began to turn from God, 
just like what happened to Israel of old, right? The Lord told him, if you turn from me, bad things are going to happen. And here in the Book of Mormon, bad things were happening. And you have this man, Mormon, and his son, Moroni. They were ministers, and they were trying. They still had to do what the Lord wanted them to, even though the people were not willing to listen. And he encouraged him, and he says, listen, even though they're hard, even though they're not listening, we cannot give up. Okay, if we give up, if we just roll over and play dead here, if we just give up because because it's too hard, people aren't willing to repent, they're not willing to change, they're not willing to give us the time of day, then then we will come under condemnation. Then we've made a mistake. Okay, we have a labor that we have to perform, and so we need to be at it. We need to be going to it. We need to be fighting forward. One of those things that a good mentor is going to do is he's looking in the lives of of those he is mentoring and seeing them in their challenges and their difficulties, and he's calling them to it. Hey, listen, I know things are hard right now. You cannot give up. You cannot give up, and you cannot roll over. This is a battle that's worth having. You know, there are battles that are worth having in our life, and they're frustrating, and they're difficult, but you know, the victory is worth the battle. It's important that you are telling that man that you are mentoring that the victory is worth the battle. Call him up higher. Offer him some encouragement. I haven't delved as deeply as as I'd like to um, in a future uh, episode uh, on this aspect of mentoring, but I wanted to prime it with this and to prime you. If you're a young man, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this, you might have listened to all of this podcast and said, well, I haven't accomplished all the things that you've told me to accomplish, but I'm going to encourage you that you find uh, ways to be a good example, to be a strength to those who are younger. You know, if you're someone who's listening to this, who, who attends the Phoenix Local, I have sons and they have their eyes that are open. They are looking around them. And the mentors, the people who they're looking to uh, to learn from are not necessarily me because I'm dad. They're looking for the teenagers. They're looking for those guys in their early 20s. Those are the guys that they're looking towards. And man, I sure would appreciate it if you took up the mantle of mentorship and, and got your life in, in good order so that you can give them good strength and wisdom and, and advice. You know, as a dad, uh, I'll say this, you know, my father, I appreciated the fact that he was not offended by the other righteous men men in my life who tried to encourage me and lift me up, who were involved in my life and who were mentors. You know, my dad wasn't upset about that. Um, and I've tried to take on that that aspect in my life. I realize that I cannot be everything for my children. I don't have all of the qualities and skills that some of you guys do. And I sure would appreciate it if you guys would take up that mantle of mentorship and teach my sons where I'm not able to or where they're not listening to me, where they might listen to you. You know, this is part of us being a group of men together. And we look for these opportunities we challenge ourselves to to come up higher. We challenge each other to come up higher. And so I want you to consider that as I've primed you today with this concept of, of being a mentor, that you can go from Daniel Sun to Mr. Miyagi. It takes some time, some effort, some dedication. There's something within you as a man that should be there. A Christian man should have this, this desire within their heart to want to share and to want to encourage and to want to teach others. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that. And I encourage you, arise from the dust and be men.